2: Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, a $5 bet is going to net you $150 in free bets when you pick any winner in this year's NBA playoffs. All you need to do is use code DNVR at sign up and you can have some serious winnings all throughout the NBA playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook and code DNVR. We are your hosts of the the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm Patrick Lyons.
0: And I am Susie Hunter. Patrick, we all know your name this week is hashtag Patty by the Bay.
2: Seems like it is. Seems like it is. Makes a lot of sense. We'll talk about all things by the Bay here in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, splash hits, all that and more. We're also going to have a wonderful guest on later on in the show, Jackson Olson from MLB's creator class. I'm really excited to talk about what this young man's doing because it's it's exciting. He's also he's, living a dream job, right?
0: He's got a dream job. He is going around just eating his weight in ballpark food, which he can get away with because he is in his early twenties and his metabolism knows no bounds. He's one of my favorite personalities on social media right now.
2: If if you're following me on social media at Patrick D Lyons on Twitter, you know, I'm also able to eat whatever I want, but that does require about 10 miles of running each and every morning <laughs> to burn off those said calories uh, so yeah, you know, I'm doing it too. It, it's, it's fine. I, you, uh, you had, you messaged me. This is a great place to start. We'll kind of tease all the food topics and stuff with Jackson, but you did message me yesterday. Like, wait, you got not helmet nachos. And and I did, I got the helmet nachos yeah, yesterday at Oracle park.
0: I got zero pictures, Patrick. I'm freaking furious right now.
2: The helmet is out of reach. It's a giant's helmet. Could be a good prop if we need to blow something up later on, but uh, I was going to say,
0: always, I think I've got some helmets floating around in uh, my office over here. So I have a l- lot of helmets, actually.
2: I, I did get caught cleaning it out. That's the worst part. Why in, is in well, it bad getting caught
0: cleaning it out? I, cl- I always clean <laughs> out my helmets.
2: Well, no, it's not bad to clean it out, but it's uh, a little uh, demoralizing. I don't know. Like, hey, I'm a credentialed member of the media, and you write for The Athletic. And hi. Hi. I'm also in your industry. Here I am cleaning out some excess cheese out of a giant's uh, helmet. It's just kind of, it's kind of funny. It's kind of interesting.
0: Awful, but- See, I don't think I have the part of my brain that allows me to feel shame and embarrassment. So I think I just like cannot relate to you on this one.
2: There you go. Could could be that uh, we know Rockies unfortunately did lose on Monday night, eight to five. Noble effort. You know, it's it's hard because. When a narrative starts to build, and we know about the Road Rockies last year, Colorado right now is ahead of that trend. The bottom line is you look at, you know, is it a win or is it a loss? But I think in a lot of ways, this was a much more promising start. They were able to get Carlos Rodon out of the game early. Six innings is early for him, it feels like right now, for We've said already the best lefty in the game, maybe just one of the best pitchers in the National League, period. But they do that, and they go ahead and, and they score three runs in the ninth off Jake McGee. That's That should be worth at least one extra run. So, you know, it, it, it felt a little bit better. It wasn't the typical loss where you felt like, ah, they weren't really in it for much of the game. They were at parts.
0: Yeah, for a lot of that game, I was just like, Ugh, of course, like we're facing good pitching. That, of course, is the story of our lives this week. But that that ninth inning push, I was like, are we going to get another rally like we got in um, in Phoenix? So I got a little excited. I got my hopes up just a little bit. Uh, did not pan out, but I was like, OK, but well, we were still fighting. Rockies were still fighting. Um, and if we're not going to win, you know, at least that's the most we can ask for.
2: Yeah, it, it was really promising, too, because if you go ahead and, and subtract those runs that Ashton Godot gave up, again, revisionist history, I don't know. You say, oh, well, then it's now 6-5 right there in the ninth, and they have a have a chance, you know, winning run uh, at the plate or on deck. So it, it was uh, an okay loss. You know, you're, you're not going to win every game. So this was promising. Will they take the next two? Don't know. It, it sucks to think. Maybe you go two and four on a road trip, but NOS is really difficult. They got nine games in ten days when they come home. So you can have that balance in a sense of dominating at home and then being, you know, not so good on the road. Not awful, but just not so good. That is a recipe for at least a postseason birth. It's still a long season ahead of us.
0: It's still a long season. At what point in the season can we not say, oh, it's still a long season?
2: <laughs> good question. Um, well What's the I, line? I, I... I think probably Fourth of July might almost be that thing where we have an idea where they're at. There's an adage of you know of that you know you shouldn't check the standings until Memorial Day. I asked Buddy about this a couple weeks ago, and he's like, you know, I'm sure you at least look, and you do, you look. But at the same time, uh, we talked last week, you know, Chicago White Sox, where they're at right now in the AL Central standings, and you're like, oh, not very good. Are you really that concerned? Where you're like, oh no, this whole team is is awful. No, they'll they'll figure it out. Uh, you even have the Diamondbacks and you say, oh, they're above 500 right now. Is that going to continue to happen? So Memorial Day is kind of a good uh, benchmark. It's a good uh, it's a good post to, to look at things. And then I think around 4th of July, you're approaching that all-star game and you say, all right, who's buying, who's selling, who's just kind of going to stand pat? Well, we'll have to wait and see. And as long as the Rockies can be be in there around that time, around 4th of July, that's where it really gets interesting. That's when you get into that. That, that second phase where you can kick into overdrive and you can see what Bill Schmidt can uh, kind of magic. He's got up his sleeve.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, now, speaking of this road trip though, I know you talked to Connor Joe yesterday and he was just talking about this series, the pitching that the Rockies have faced. And um, I just liked how he was just like, yeah, like we've seen some really good pitching. There's really good pitching in this division. Um, what was that conversation like?
2: Yeah, he was a little more subdued than normal. Not that he's like you know electric, but he's you know almost has like an intensity. He has a focus on it, a little bit, little bit less so. Uh, Could have been because he was carrying the offense, you know, with his three for four night. Did have a walk. Uh, Unfortunately, the bats behind him weren't able to come through. Grichik and Crone each struck out their first three abs. Garrett Hampson also had a three strikeout night, uh, along with Ryan McMahon. So he didn't get that support. But you know, ultimately, he he said that it's a different situation than last year. Last year, I think that narrative really got going and, you know, the guys believed it, that they, they couldn't really do it on the road and and they weren't doing it. So, I mean, the, the, the evidence was obviously there, but he said, it just doesn't get that sense right now that they feel that way right now. Like, okay, Hey, we're getting beat by, by better pitching, but, it's okay. We're going to go out there. We we have a chance. When they're at home, I mean, they're they're a totally different club. The vibe in the clubhouse is different. They're also home, you know, bigger clubhouse. It's amazing how much smaller the visiting clubhouses are all around baseball. It's I mean, we've we've talked about it at Coors Field when you, we you go into the visitors clubhouse, it's almost like, you know, you're stepping into the Wayback Machine because that's what the clubhouse originally looked like for the Rockies back in 1995 when they opened it up. So it's just small there's there's not an environment it's not friendly to be like hey we want you to be comfortable here no not not the case in fact as soon as you walk in the visitor's clubhouse there is a facsimile it's a piece of art it looks like it's in the shape of the golden gate bridge and it's all broken bats and it just has a little uh basically the chip where it shows justin turner or Jock Peterson, it's just the name of the player, and some artist kind of cut it up to to shape it. I'll see if I can get a picture, put it out there. Can't always do that in the clubhouse, but yeah. The vibe isn't isn't awful after a loss where now they've uh they're six and four in the last ten, but on the road, you know, much worse than that. So I think I think Joe's saying, you know, it's okay. We're not panicked uh just yet. And they're not even at the just yet part, I don't even think, where you go just yet, like maybe in a day or two. No, they're, they're still a couple series away before that being a big part of the narrative. So, all things being, Connor Joe, in a good spot, did a good job on Monday. Really happy Yeah, he did for sure.
0: He did seem pretty subdued when you talked to him last night.
2: Yeah. No, he, From the video he that's on did.
0: at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter.
2: <laughs> that's it. Yep. You did a great job editing that video down. It was a slightly longer conversation, but not everything that these guys say is... Uh, poster board material, Bolton board material, you know what I mean? Uh, we one try of the- to
0: keep it brief, you know? We try to keep it snappy. That is we what we're here for. <laughs>
2: That's what we do. One of the topics uh, before the game that we kind of uh, went into was the wind. The wind's obviously a major factor in San Francisco. It hasn't been a cold breeze. I'll say that since we've been here. I set my expectations incredibly low, brought my heaviest winter jacket because I was just, ready for the worst and so it's it's been better than the worst which is great but whether it's a warm or cool wind it can be rough it can be challenging heard different things you say oh you pick up the grass twice an inning because it can change that much you know you throw the grass clippings in the air have you ever seen that like you know golfers like to do that to get a feeling of how it goes and you say oh all right that's a good strategy and then the next person i talked to goes no you, you you can't use that at all because that's where the wind is down here the, when the ball's up in the air, it could be going a different way. And so, and, and I think Buddy kind of put a put a button on it by saying, you just you don't give up on baseballs here. You gotta go, it's it's almost like until the ball's in your mitt, you are working to try to catch that ball. It could go anywhere. It may a ball that would normally drop in in front of you, may not drop in in front of you in San Francisco, a ball that could be out of play and foul could end up kicking back. You can't the the flags lie in the ballpark, so there's just no way of necessarily knowing where it's going to go. That's what happens when you're right there on the water. So it wasn't a factor in the first game. We'll see what happens as the series goes on. Buddy almost made it sound like Wednesday, the day game, could be the one with, uh, you know, you, you've you got the the shadows that can be in a ballpark during the day. That can be a little bit tricky, but so far, not an issue after one game at Oracle Park.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually was going to ask you about the win because it seemed like there was a catch from Garrett Hampson in center that maybe he should have gotten, and I was wondering if the win was a factor. What did it look like when you were there?
2: So that was probably that the the lead triple, right? By all yeah, that later. was it. Uh, mm-hmm. There was also the the home run too, where uh, didn't you didn't see a great angle, but you're like, oh, he was close to robbing that, and I don't think I think it was just a camera angle uh, that might have been the home run from uh, Dubon out and you know just left of center, but. Um, you know, that ball just really kept carrying. I almost got the sense that maybe Hampy uh, just wasn't comfortable. I'm going to ask him about it when we get to the ballpark today. Um, but the, the fence is, was brought in just a little bit. Um, you know, they, they changed the bullpens. If you remember, they used to be on the field, which mm-hmm. was somewhat of a hazard. I think Mac Williamson tripped on it, had a concussion. It's kind of derailed his career. I don't know if we're going to see a lawsuit here at some point, but we got We got to get the mounds off the field we got it
0: for sure.
2: So they did that in Oracle park. They put him out in, in center field, did a, did a a lap around during the game and saw the guys warming up doing that uh, before Stevenson came in. So the fence is a little bit closer. It's, there's all kinds of different textures. I'm thinking just Hampson wasn't, you know, terribly comfortable going back there. I don't think he was, you know, fearful of the wall. It was just uh, the ball just kind of, traveled a a little bit more in a little different capacity than he was thinking because he had a good first step on it but just just wasn't there in in the nick of time so uh, that that can very much be a challenge in that ballpark
0: yeah for sure it looked like it he was struggling a little bit didn't do us any favors yeah
2: no did did not uh but we're gonna do you some some really solid favors over at The DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York, because if you are a member, some of the favors that you're going to get is a member sized beer all times. Doesn't have to be a watch party. Anytime you're in there, you get a member sized beer, a mega pint, if you will. If you are there for a watch party, well, you're going to get extra raffle tickets, which could win you all kinds of goodies. Some stuff from dnvrlocker.com. If you have an annual membership, you actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. If you're not ready to go all in, that's okay. You can still be a member for only 50 cents for that first month. You get price breaks on tailgates, the party buses, the takeovers that we have. We're working on some for the Rockies this summer. In fact, we are probably close to a month away from our first one. No announcements just yet, but we are working on it at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. And if you want that member sized beer to be a Breckenridge brew, well, I think that's a great choice, especially right now. The Avalanche Ale. Besides the fact it tastes great, hey, the team is playing great. The Avalanche Amber Ale is an an amber that blends pale and chocolate and caramel malts and a well-rounded, flavorful beer. It is the Garrett Hampson of beers. It's crafted for balance, versatile, satisfying anytime beer. Again, you get your member sized beer anytime you want down on the corner of Colfax and York. And if you're there for the NBA postseason, get some bets in on there Uh, when you use code DNVR, because right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, all you got to do is bet $5 on any team to win. Take those favorites at home, right? That's the obvious line. You know who's going to win, so you might as well make some money doing it. $5 bet when that team wins. You win $150 in free bets. You can also have some same-game parlays where You string two or three things together, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. In fact, right now, with your same-game parlays, three or more legs, you can get $25 back if one of those legs doesn't hit. Hedge those bets. That's my style. Love hedging a good bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And when they do, you win $150 in free bets that's with promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Well, it's, it's in our headline, so we might as well just touch on it before we get to our great guest. Splash Hits. Now, it's a little bit deceiving, at Oracle Park, because in right field they have a counter. It says 93 splash hits, and when I did my research, when I did the spreadsheet,
0: yes, I, I was so excited to get a spreadsheet in my inbox it's, from Patrick D. Lyons. It had
2: been a couple of days since I had made a spreadsheet. Pretty concerned. to make this spreadsheet. And what's what's better than making a spreadsheet and then learning that the information that that's out there doesn't seem to be accurate? Well, 93 splash hits is for the Giants. They have not been keeping track of those splash hits for the other teams. There's been 53 by the opponent. So 146 altogether. And I have, of course, had to keep an eye on all of those Rockies pitchers. How many, how many home runs do you think Rockies pitchers have given up just to Barry Bonds?
0: Oh my gosh. Cause he has um, the most.
2: He's got I'm like 35
0: numbers right now. And I don't think I can figure it out. Um, it's gotta be a lot, right?
2: Well, that's what I thought. Two. And it was both off of John Thompson. That was it, off of just Rocky's pitchers.
0: I figured kind of it would nine. be like double digits at least.
2: <laughs> I I would have probably said twelve. That that was that yeah. was where I had it last night at twelve. No, only two from him. So pretty good. He did it 35 times overall. Uh Brandon Belt Belt is second with 10. Pablo Sandoval eight. I was surprised to see Denard Span with five. Same thing with Mike Yastrzemski. Uh, Most recently, Brandon Crawford did it last April against Daniel Bard. But for the Rockies, only two guys have ever done it. Corey Dickerson might be the surprise. He was able. He did it last, actually, uh, off of Tim Hudson in I think August of 2014. But that sweet swing of Carlos Gonzalez, he did it twice off of. It almost seems like two generations apart off of Barry Zito and Madison Bumgarner. How, How about that? that? For fascinating. Generation?
0: Go Cargo.
2: That's it. So we'll see if, you know, maybe Hilliard. Hilliard has that kind of power. He he hit three in a row yesterday in BP, man. He's he's the guy to do it. I think Nunez, if he gets a hold of one in his wheelhouse, he can go out there. Rymac, two has that power, but we don't see as many down the line from him. So if we're going to see a splash hit this series, this is the part that we're going to clip if it's right. If anyone's going to do it, it's, sam hilliard he's the man for the job
0: yeah you know what i was gonna say like we the rockies are due for a splash hit today or tomorrow
2: we are let's We're going see on- i love those I those, those are, really are so fun
0: are you gonna get a kayak instead of sitting in the press box
2: i will not be getting a kayak no but you know i think you're giving a good idea uh to our guest uh, i think We're, we'll help him workshop some ideas next time He's at Oracle Park. Uh, let's go ahead and, and introduce him. He's a part of MLB's creator class. Uh, he does some amazing things uh, over on Instagram and TikTok. Be careful if you call him out for the TikTok stuff because he usually does some amazing things. If you tell him to stick to TikTok, he's he's prone to, to go and hit a home run there. He comes from Jacob deGrom a better known as Stetson University. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. For jackson Olsen.
0: jackson
2: what's up guys how's it going you like Dude, that
0: how are you Jacob DeGrom A&M. have, have you heard it. that one
1: of that that was amazing i've never heard that said before but honestly it's very true because that's the only reason people know stetson
2: <laughs> i think so and that's the, and that's the graduate school too like if you're if you're an undergrad it's the state college of corey kluber but the yeah. graduate school de A M. a&m exactly exactly <laughs>
0: You've got some U Heart roots too. I went to U Oh, you went to U Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, go U <laughs> Yeah. So many people from U in the last like two weeks, really random, like simulation kind of stuff going on, but <laughs> that's crazy.
0: All right. So our Connecticut guy, you were at one of our favorite Rockies affiliates. You were at the Yard Goats this weekend. You're back home. Um, so how I went, I want to know what it was like throwing out a first pitch at that ballpark.
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. For you guys listening to this podcast tomorrow or the next day, I'm actually wearing a yard goats shirt and hat. Did not mean to be wearing this today, but it just kind of happened. But um, <laughs> so it was it was amazing. Um, I found out I was throwing out the first pitch about 20 minutes before I threw it which is kind of crazy, but it ended up happening. The One of the employees was like, yes, yeah, so we signed you up to throw the first pitch today. Hope like hope you want to do that. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's happening. So I better do some uh, stretches really quickly. Uh, but yeah, it was it was incredible and really cool to be able to go back to a field that I played at 10 or 11 times when I was at Hartford because uh, we would play at the Goat Stadium. And to be able to go back, like making content and not being a baseball player, Very different, but very, very unreal experience to be able to go back and do that.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is really cool. So you've played there a few times. What's it like playing on that field that, you know, some people who are stars now have actually been on?
1: It's awesome. It's great. I mean, it's uh, one of the best infields that I've played on. It's a huge thing for infielders, obviously, the infield dirt and grass. Like, it sounds trivial, but it's pretty important for infielders to have that, like, very nice groomed grass and dirt. Amazing. The fans, we would get so many people at games just because it's like, oh, Hartford and UConn, two rivals are playing each other at this magnificent new ballpark. Uh, Why would we not go? And so it was really cool to have that atmosphere. And yeah, it was just a really, really unreal experience being able to play there and then come back now.
2: In right field, it's rather strange. The first time I saw a game out there, I I didn't notice it until it happened where Roberto Ramos KBO legend from the LG twins hit a home run to right field, except it hit a net and stayed in play. And I go, I'm, I'm sorry. What, what's, what's happening here? Like first, maybe you could talk about that. And then, then then any other strange field you've, you've played at before with odd rules uh, based on the dimensions and whatnot.
1: Yeah. So that's actually really funny because we never got to take batting practice on the field. We actually, the very first game we played at yard we we got to take batting practice on the field. The other times we were just in the tunnels, but we would always talk like all the lefties would get together. And we're like, if we hit BP on the field, we are hitting home runs. Like my coach, Justin blood was always like just a hard middle guy, like hit the ball hard up the middle. But we're like, no, if we go to Dunkin' donuts park, it's 300 feet down the right field line. We are hitting the ball out of this park. (laughs) So that was like a really weird. Yeah. But the net, the netting there is so weird, but really cool. Trying to think of any crazier ones. Um, I took batting practice at Fenway when I was playing in the Cape Cod League. And that's crazy. The pesky pole, we would hit some of the lefties were hitting home runs where I'm like, that would be a flyout at my high school field. Like what's going on here? So Fenway was really cool. And then those are probably the two like uh, more lefty.
2: Lefty-friendly ballparks that I have um, hit at. <laughs> yeah, they have got those little league ballpark dimensions that uh, has been the buzz of of MLB right now. Yankee Stadium, you might be able to say that about as well. Hey, if you can take advantage of, and that always seems to be the case. It's always left-handers can take advantage of the situation. Never right-handers, but in the world that we live in, left-handers usually get the the short end of the stick there. So we need maybe, some, maybe it's fair. We need some love. <laughs>
0: Hey, we're actually, we're all lefties right now on this podcast. Wow. That's insane.
1: Actually, really funny story. Uh, I found out I was a righty golfer about two weeks ago um, because I'm a lefty hitter and I was hitting lefty golf and I was just like not making contact with the ball. So then I was at Top Golf, and someone was like, hey, try righty. First ball, I hit like 200 yards randomly. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'm a righty now. So anyone out there that might be struggling, switch the other side,
2: just switch and see what happens.
0: Oh, we gotta we gotta ask some Rockies about this because they talk yeah. about golf all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we gotta get you out on May twentieth. We've got a, a tournament at, at Spring Valley Golf Club before the Mets game. That I think that's that's a good spot. We could work on some things. We'll have uh, our golf bros, uh, Mitchell and, and Spencer Smith. Uh, they're they're they know their stuff. Uh, we'll we'll see if they can help you out a little bit uh, in that capacity. So, but you want to switch hitter though. Uh, coming up just straight lefty huh
1: never a switch hitter um i tried hitting righty once when i was like 13 struck out never did it again and then yeah that's the first time
0: i'm fascinated by this right now um but of course you're a lefty you make some very creative videos on social media typical lefty stuff um but yeah i want to talk about the stuff that you are making for mlb and uh, how you like even got into this? How did you make this transition from college athlete to making all this mostly food content?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of transformed into that a little bit now. Um, When I was at Stetson or when I was at Hartford, I went to Hartford before Stetson and I was making content before quarantine hit and it was pretty good. Not great. I was getting like a thousand views per video and and everyone was making fun of me, obviously like, oh, you're going to make another TikTok in the locker room, stuff like that. Um, and then I eventually just thought to my, like, I had this revelation like in bed one night, and I'm like, this TikTok thing is going to be huge. This thing is going to be huge and it's going to take over the world, and everyone's going to be on this thing. And no one else understood that at that time. Everybody just thought it was a dancing app, like Charlie D'Amelio dancing, and she was getting millions and millions and millions of views, but everyone else was kind of just like in the mix. And now the fact that TikTok has over a billion users. Is that's crazy to some people, but to me, I knew I literally saw it coming. Like I saw it having this effect, and so when I went when I went to Stetson, that was when I really started to like get down into this. It was before NIL, before college athletes can make money. Um, so it was kind of weird when I would get like reached out to by a brand, and I'm like, well, I would get kicked out of the NCAA if I worked with you. Um, so I just started making just fun baseball videos in my locker room and around the field. We did, um, if you guys have seen the movie Benchwarmers, my teammates and I did a little skit to one of these, one of the scenes in Benchwarmers on the field, got like 5 million views. And that was when my whole team kind of was like, this thing's huge. This thing could be really big. And then they were asking to be in videos and people were like, oh, like what? what's the next video gonna be? Are you gonna make one here? Are you gonna make one here? And then it kind of blew up a little bit more. And then MLB reached out right after I finished my college career and they were like, you wanna work with us? And I was like, obviously, um, can I play? <laughs> um, they wanted me to help out with social media, so they created the first creator class, and that was when it kind of all, um, caught, kind of all like made it worth it, made posting TikToks worth it. When I was able to make content for MLB in their new creator class.
0: That is so the story of starting out with anything where you have to go through uh, the doubters, the haters, people making trying to make you feel embarrassed for what you're doing when you're first starting out with anything. but that's so the case with creating anything. Um, how did you kind of just break through that? Just keep going? Um, what was your what was your mindset?
1: Yeah, so the thing about getting hate, especially on social media now is that it's constant. If you're making videos like I am every single day, and you're growing, people are going to hate and people are going to think it's crazy. And I even, I, um, I'm not going to obviously say it now because it's very explicit, but someone wrote this comment that I told my family, like I read it to my family and they were like, you get those comments. Like people say that about you, you make food content and baseball content. I'm like, yeah, like people don't like seeing anyone having fun and growing. Like that's, that's a, a thing now where like people don't, if you're not, at a position someone else is, you're, tr- you're going to try to bring them down. I realized that very early on, and I just flush it right away. And it's just like how I played baseball. It's like people would heckle me in the crowd every single day, all the time, like screaming at me, yelling at me, moms, brothers, sisters, little kids, like everyone. But then you have to realize there are a lot of people that like what you do, too. So I have to realize that there's both sides. And uh, yeah.
2: Is um. is there one fan base that, because because again, you're you're a baseball guy. You're not a, necessarily a fan of, of one team. As far as you look at the content, maybe if people are really doing a deep dive and they're obsessed, they might be able to figure it out. But has there been maybe a, a single fan base that has gone hardest at you?
1: Um. So when I was talking about getting hate, I was more talking about uh like when I was playing, not actually <laughs> watching games. But I've actually gotten hate in both areas. I would say um, the two college teams that gave me the most state where Alabama, that was probably one of the most, um, like I had to calm myself down a lot. Of my teammates had to calm me down because it was actually that bad to the point of people literally like not giving me threats, but like close to that. Um, and so to get around that, it was like, I had to literally think to myself, okay, you have to, you have to see yourself as a public figure right now if you say anything back to these fans they're recording that they're posting it you're canceled so it was almost like a very that weekend at alabama kind of switched my entire mindset of like i have to make sure i'm being very very like stay, like stay away from all of that negative energy because right when you react to the negative energy you're done you're done and you're not going to come back from that so
2: wow that, that, that you are wise beyond your ear, uh, your years no doubt about that yeah um, um,
0: I want to. I need to ask you about uh, what you ate at Dunkin' Donuts Park because it looks like you ate about 30 different things. But I know the Yard Goats have so many crazy foods. Um, how much did you eat? What were some of the standouts? Um, and how are you feeling now that you're still probably full?
1: So it's actually very funny because currently, as we are speaking, right behind me, I have about a stack of eight food items right now. I'm at Mohegan Sun Resort and Casino letting Mohegan Sun pick what I eat all day. So that's what's happening right now. So I'm obviously still full from the Yard Goats, um, but it was incredible. I've done a lot of stadium food challenges like that and the Yard Goats beat every single MLB team <laughs> because they, their food items are just out. Like you would never think they would go together. It's like um, a meatball wrapped in bacon with hot sauce on it. Um, there was, uh, <laughs> was it a donut, two donuts on a skewer in between uh, chicken and munchkins and it was like with hot sauce on it and it was really good don't get me wrong but I ate about three bites and I'm like that was probably a thousand calories and I don't know if I can finish the rest of that um, and then there were some other really good food items there were the regulars like the fried dough the hot dogs hamburgers but I really tried to make it crazy and I shared some with my brother but that ride home editing that TikTok, I was editing the video of me eating everything while Right after I ate it, so I'm like, "Oh, Alex, we gotta like, we gotta get home soon."
2: <laughs> you're traumatizing yourself in that moment. Oh, that that that's rough. But you, I tell you what, real quick, what's not rough is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They're they're keeping us all smiling, and and no matter what you're eating, they're gonna go ahead and help clean it out of your teeth. That that's they're a major help for that. Right now, when you schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam, you're gonna receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes. From downtown Denver. And hey, there's no food challenges, but it's certainly just straight up delicious. No challenge at all when it comes to choosing your favorite pizza place in all of Denver. It's Sexy Pizza. They've got four in downtown Denver. They also got one down in Trinidad, Colorado. But Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill, wherever you are in Denver, support this local Denver area eatery, hand-tossed, deck-oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough absolutely delicious and of course they support local organizations in and around town in fact you can check out their donations link on www.sexy.pizza if you want some more information so they can contribute to your organization as well are you a big we're, we're big nachos fans here Susie and I we love our nachos helmet nachos is that is that a, a task to, to finish the whole thing off I, I saw one recently where it was like an oversized it was almost a football helmet sized nacho wasn't it
1: yeah so that was at uh angels the angels game and i did not finish that because it fit my head i have a massive head i have a seven and a, seven and a half size hat head <laughs> and that thing literally was a seven and a quarter and it fit my head because it was that big i shared it with like three people around me three or four people around me and we still didn't finish it because it was so it was probably like the size of a <laughs> the weight of a newborn baby like it was huge massive, It was <laughs> massive, probably like almost 10 pounds of food and, um, but the stadium, the stadium nachos are just better in the helmet. That's just how it is. Like you could put those things in a little like plastic thing. and It's not
2: going to taste the same in the helmet. It's just so much better. Ice cream and nachos. That's it. That's what they share. That That's the Venn diagram helmet. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: I've actually had those angels. Um, I bought those. They're like $19 and yeah, they're heavy.
1: <laughs> Very heavy. Yeah. I could not finish that for the life of me.
0: Um,
2: We were just talking about this before you came on. Is there a little bit of shame in that moment when you finish the nachos and you go, got to clean the helmet out now in public is a little bit, right?
1: Definitely. So it's actually funny you said that. I don't know if you, I made a video like probably a year ago at, I think a Mets game maybe. And I had to, I went in the bathroom and I was cleaning it out and someone was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I have to put it on. I have to put it on for the end of my video. It'd be so good. It was the Dodgers game, the Dodgers game. And all the Dodgers fans were just giving me nasty looks. And I'm like, oh, come on. Like, this is the coolest helmet. I need to bring it home and put it on for a video, of course.
2: See, the, the life never... of a content creator isn't as glamorous as people realize. There are those moments. <laughs> of I've never
0: experienced a person shaming me or even commenting on me, cleaning out a helmet of everything. And I literally did it 31 times last year.
1: You know what they should have said, actually? They should have been more uh, confused at how I finished it. They should have been more like, how would yeah. you do that instead of being like, why are you cleaning it out? That should have been their first question to me.
2: <laughs> Susie, you're, you're basically telling us you can't feel people's eyes. So I'm glad no one said anything to you, but you can't feel the eyes. Here's what we need to do, and, and maybe this is a little side business for the three of us. We need a helmet exchange program. Bring us your dirty food-eaten helmets. We'll give you a fresh one. We'll give you a fresh one. And you know what? Every every couple one is signed by a player. So you don't know. So now you're gonna sell even more of those. Let's go. Let's we've got something. We'll talk off air about this.
0: I'm surprised a major league ballpark doesn't have something like that already. That's a brilliant idea.
2: That I don't know genius. if they're dishwasher safe. I don't know if they're going to be able to reuse the helmets that we just ate. Now that you realize that, are you going to buy that helmet? Like, wait, how long has this helmet been in circulation? How many times has it gone through? This is all falling apart. Abort, abort this mission.
1: This one's from 1982. And it has been uh, used by 487 fans.
2: It's got, it's got the uh, new Britain rock cats logo on. And you're like, Whoa, wait, this is pre yard goats. No, this is no good. Literally.
0: Oh my gosh, fantastic. I do not have any of those in circulation. Um, uh, Any? um, uh, All right, so you've gone to a lot of ballparks, though. Um, Where else have you been that is like a favorite for you, food-wise, environment-wise, content creation-wise? What are your your top locations? Or in California, because Patrick's in California. We'll keep it relevant, because we're coast-to-coast today.
1: So I actually just finished, about a week ago, finished a California uh mlb stadium tour so i was working with the company game time and we were basically trying to find the best stadium and i would go through every single one and oracle park was the last one knowing oracle park was going to be probably the best probably my favorite um i went in and the chefs and all the staff were like all right you're gonna come in and you're gonna make all the food you're gonna make our signature dishes so i made went in the back of the kitchen got gloves on got everything on Um, not an apron. I spilled some stuff on me, but made the garlic fries, made the Tony's pizza, made the crab sandwiches and basically got to see how everything was made. And yeah, obviously that was maybe a bribe to make them the best stadium, but their food is incredible. Like I've never, I've probably never had other than yard goats. There's never been a moment where I'm like, I could eat probably 10,000 calories in this sitting right now of this food, just for probably from the crab sandwiches alone, Uh, And the garlic fries, but love that love Petco Petco is great. The Padres, because they have like a mall, it's almost like a mall area and it's not like ballpark food. It's like food that you get at a restaurant. So there's a, between Oracle and Petco, those are probably my two favorite.
2: And yet Oakland Coliseum was number one on your list. No, just kidding. I don't, (laughs) it can't be number one on, unless we're doing a reverse standings kind of situation. Oh, those poor people.
1: Uh, It's funny because oh, so I went to the Coliseum obviously knowing people were going to comment on my videos. You better rank Oakland the worst. It's got to be the worst. But to be honest, it was actually like a really fun experience. And the fans that go to those games are – when I say diehard fans, they are diehard fans. Like they will do anything to be an Oakland fan, stay an Oakland fan, and to have them win. And it was really cool to be able to be somewhere where – didn't feel like a major league baseball game. It felt like almost a like a college game, like a Texas A&M where their fans are so crazy. The 12th man, like it was the, obviously the venue's a little old and every, the food isn't as glamorous, but the experience was unreal. It was really unreal.
2: Yeah, their nacho, uh, their helmet nachos actually come in a former Miguel Tejada helmet that he wore back in 2002. Not many people realize they, they probably could at this point if they're really trying to save some money on the budget. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Oracle and Petco, like you had in your video, people need to go and check that out uh, over on Instagram. Uh, Jay Olson underscore two. J underscore Olson two. J underscore Olson two on uh, Instagram at, at where you can watch that. Just just looked at that recently, and uh, that that's so much fun because you're right. Those two ballparks are kind of neck and neck. And Petco itself feels like a like it just looks like a mall, also from the outside. There's yeah. something to it which you wouldn't think is conducive to baseball, but uh, it it's great. Those those two are hard to beat. I think nationwide, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when you come to Colorado and see where Coors Field ranks amongst the top MLB stadiums in Colorado. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. It will be your favorite, Jackson. It will be number one. But
1: you know what? It, it'll also be my least favorite, too. It'll also be. <laughs> oh,
2: this guy's good.
1: This guy's good. <laughs> no, but I, the amount of comments that I get to go there are insane. literally on just a video, a video that's not even about MLB, come to Coors. And I'm like, oh my gosh. All right. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to get out there
2: soon. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Oysters. We we recommend that. Yep. Have you ever been to, uh, to Coors Field before?
1: I went when I was nine, so I have family in Colorado, but I've, I went when I was nine, don't really remember it as well, so I, I need to come back. I guess that just means I have to I have to make my way over.
0: You were long overdue, my friend. Yeah, there's lots of good field, lots of good food at Coors Field, and it's just customary to try a Rocky Mountain Oyster at the park.
1: What is
2: a Rocky Mountain Oyster? Is we're this-
0: not going to tell you. We're, you're going to find out when you try it's it. It's a
2: great, delectable food item from Colorado, a landlocked okay. state. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Okay. It's delicious. That's well, what I'm it not- is. It's delicious. Yeah. I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying it. <laughs> I actually haven't tried it myself. We we may have to you fall haven't on that tried board. a Rocky
0: Mountain Oyster? You've been here I forever. I
2: don't even know where you can get them in the stadium, to be honest.
0: I've I had them in the fell. stadium, but it's been a couple of years, so uh it, it might have moved. This is shocking information to me because even I have tried it. I had a Rocky <laughs> Mountain Oyster. Po' boy a couple of years ago, and it was actually delicious.
2: Well, Susie, Susie enjoys crickets. Uh, are there any strange food items that you've uh, you've eaten so far, or are on your list, Jackson? That you know, when you get to this ballpark, uh, there's got to be a couple of minor league stadiums too, I imagine that are doing some weird things. But crickets probably are are up there in Seattle. But uh, what's what's on that list of yours?
1: Very funny, you're saying that right now because I was just thinking of a TikTok earlier that I was gonna make of basically asking people and just have the whole comment section flooded i was going to ask people what is the craziest food that i should try where and i was going to try to like work with this company that i'm working with right now to go on a tour and try the craziest like most outlandish (laughs) crazy food items at minor league or even like independent ball league teams they might have some crazy ones mlb stadiums i don't know of any right now that i'm looking to try but i think that would be really cool to get insight from people that Like, go to all these stadiums and they're fans of all these teams and uh, get their insight of what the crazy ones are. Do you guys know of any crazy ones?
0: I mean, the Crickets in Seattle, um, T Mobile Park, you absolutely must try them. I tried them last year. Um, They're actually good. Like, they don't really taste like anything, but. seasoning so like they it was like a chili lime kind of seasoning on them um it's just like a little crunchy thing like a sunflower seed um so that is a crazy thing that definitely gets you a lot of looks it's a little different but i recommend it i'll
2: try it i'll try it (laughs) yeah there's actually a company that makes that as a product that you can buy and it's very it's perfect name it's called chirps so it looks like chips on the bag but it's chirps uh, that, so you, yeah, you can have them, uh, in your own house. We wouldn't put Rocky mountain oysters on that list by any means. No, that's just a regular, normal food that's in Colorado. You're
1: scaring me. Now you're scaring me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Oh, no, it's not regular. Now I know it's crazy.
2: <laughs> oh, no, no, never, never, never. Um, I I've got to, I'm curious too. Cause like you said, you know, there, there's only so many calories and you know, you could burn it off and, uh, you know, you're, you're a young guy and in, in shape. So that's not going to be a problem. Are you uh, have you ever thought about dabbling in the world of competitive eating, or are you just like you, you you like your foods, but you don't like to go too hardcore and and eat eat every single bite of every single single item?
1: I feel like if I was going to be a competitive eater, it would have had to happen like two years ago because I feel like my metabolism is uh is on its way out in the next couple of years. But um, I would say the reason I love doing these eating challenges and I love food is because. I mix in the experience of where I am too. So it's almost a, not a ploy, but it's almost when I work with these companies and work with teams, I want to basically get fans to come to these games for not only watching baseball, but also eating food and seeing the experience. And that's why I loved ranking these ballparks because it gave me an opportunity to yeah, rank the food, rank the venue and the experience and kind of wrap it all in one in a 60 second video. So that's where I kind of, I don't see myself doing competitive eating. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be good at that and I would probably gain about a hundred pounds. But I love, I love the experience and showing people what great experiences they can have at baseball stadiums. I
0: love that. You're on a mission and I, and we admire your mission and we support it.
2: Well thank we, you. <laughs> we, we gotta give you something good to to have at Course Field. There, there's an Elvis shake that they released this year, which is really good. It's got like a banana cream liqueur as peanut no, butter. No, there's no
0: liqueur in it.
2: No, <laughs> ours, ours didn't have it, but they that when you get it at the field, I think you can.
0: I you think you can get it. I think you can get it, not alcohol.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, Elvis uh Presley. I almost said Elvis Costello. I'm an Elvis Costello fan. <laughs> <Wrong> uh, Elvis <laughs> Presley. Um yeah, no, he he like peanut like fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with uh, bananas on them, and so there's like and, and bacon, and there so there's a piece of bacon in this drink, uh, very low calorie uh, stuff, but that is really delicious. Next time you're in San Francisco, I recommend a snowy plover. Got one of those on Monday, first time I had it, hated it because I didn't know what it was, but now that I was prepared, the second time it's a it's like an iced coffee drink but there's like seltzer in it and there's like a scoop of like kind of ice cream. You got to mix it around. It's, I feel like it's like In-N-Out burger. The first time you go, you're like, what's the big deal? I don't get it. No. And then the second time you go, it kicks in and you go, okay, now this is a true opinion that I can have. Was that, was that the case for you Jackson when you went to In-N-Out burger?
1: That was. So I actually haven't been In-N-Out since the first day that I got to California. (laughs) Only thing is the Mexican food in California is, the. I'm a huge Chipotle fan, but some of the little like truck stops and every, or the little truck areas, (laughs) um, Koji taco truck, those are so good. So I really haven't been in and out but that is true. It's like the first time you go, you're like, uh, and then second time you're like, I could eat this every day, but I probably shouldn't.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you're embracing the local Mexican food coming from Connecticut because it's a huge upgrade the further West you go.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it really is.
2: (laughs) All right. Uh, Finally, give us an update on the Savannah bananas because I mean, they're, they're an exciting team and and we've, we've got that on our to-do list to talk about them and and everything that they're doing, which it's a name that's just out there in baseball. And I think most people would just assume that they're like maybe a triple a team or something like that. And no, they're, they're not even independent baseball. This is a summer collegiate league team that is breaking all the rules in all the best way ways possible. Uh, and, I, and I think Jackson Olsen and Savannah Bananas love to get that email for that transaction and to see that you've you know signed with them as it were. Maybe give us an update of uh, what's going on between uh, those two parties, if you will.
1: Yeah, so there's some potential exciting stuff uh, on the horizon with that. Um, nothing, that I, nothing that's come to fruition yet, but yeah, something possibly exciting next year. And I'll be visiting Savannah in, in uh, August to have some have some meetings and yeah so something something exciting could be happening soon with that
0: i love this i love this so much i would love to get to a savannah bananas game too but when i was traveling through that part of the country they uh, i think i just couldn't make it so i was like very disappointed that it didn't turn out they look fun
1: (laughs) oh my gosh they're i can't even I, i haven't been to a game yet i'm going in august to see one right away um When they're playing banana ball again, but yeah, it's seems like a crazy experience.
2: What's the name of the other team that they have? Because I think they basically just have two Savannah teams and they're like, Oh, yeah, then there's just it's like the Washington Generals, uh, to to the Harlem Globetrotters, and they've got sleeveless black jerseys, there's like pink on it, they're going up to the plate with burning bats. I I just love how they're again breaking the rules and 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 making baseball fun and exciting, much, much like you're doing, Jackson. Definitely. Yeah, they're the they're called the party animals.
1: That's uh I kind of see the bananas as like the heroes and the party animals as the villains. I kind of see it like that a little bit. Not sure if that's what they're going for, but that'd be really cool. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Dude. I'm so glad you joined us for this. Um, Love picking your brain. Go yard goats as always.
1: Definitely go yard goats. (laughs) Thank you guys. Having me on too.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Jackson. Go ahead and 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 plug away where where people can find your stuff or any new projects uh, or old projects that people need to go and and check out.
1: Yeah, so my TikTok handle is Jackson Olson underscore, and then my Instagram, like I said before, J underscore Olson two. And I will be in about probably two or three weeks going on another stadium tour. Not going to say where yet, but uh, it's going to be exciting. And so be be on the lookout for that in in a couple weeks. So.
2: And what about the MySpace handle? I want to make sure people can get you on all social platforms. What's that? I'm hearing uh, you don't have one. Okay. Well, I don't think anyone does anymore, right?
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, maybe my brother does, but he's no. <laughs> <so. laughs>
2: Friendster's definitely out of the question then. All right. Oh we, my I gosh. Were you ask.
0: even alive for MySpace?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: even know what MySpace is.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, we go. There we go. The truth comes out. Love it. <laughs> That's that. what a perfect way to, to end this uh, man. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter.
0: I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms.
2: We've got all the momentum going on right now after that one. That was fantastic. Thank you, Jackson. But you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as tomorrow's podcast. So we'll talk to you then.